Ah, there you are. We've been waiting for you. If you've been struggling to get your personal fitness on track and keep it there, then you're in the perfect place. Because this guy is good. And I mean really good. to the Fitness Whisperer podcast, where you get simplified strategies and unique insights on exercise, nutrition, mindset, and life itself from best-selling author and progressive fitness innovator, Joey Atlas. He's been helping people achieve sustainable fitness success for over 30 years in ways that are realistic, doable, and super effective. And now he's helping you. So clear your mind and get ready for a powerful dose of health-improving, life-enhancing wisdom from the fitness whisperer himself, Joey Atlas. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you for tuning in. Today, I've got a very cool interview lined up with a good friend and doctor. But before I give you the scoop on her, I need to remind you, and also if you're new here, I need to give you access to the amazing freebies that I have for you. So what you're going to want to do, if you haven't done this yet, is go to www.joeyatlas.com to get access to your free Fit for Life program. What you'll get there is two weeks worth of home office and travel fitness training videos that you can use with no equipment, just your body weight, some space, and a couple other small accessories that I show you in the videos. Go there, get those. If you can't do it right now, just write that down. And once you do get them, you're going to say to yourself, wow, I can't believe this guy gives this stuff away for free. Yes, I do, because I care. And all I ask is that you use them Get clearance from your doctor first to use them. You can even show the videos to your doctor if you want to, and then share them with anybody else you know who needs to get themselves healthy, fit, and in shape. And I'll mention that again at the end. But for now, I've got to introduce you to somebody who's going to enlighten you today. Her name is Dr. Jen Cronin, and I'm going to give you the formal interview first before I give you the casual interview. Casual introduction. So Dr. Jen Cronin is a transformational leader, a healer, and an inspirational and motivational speaker. She's also the author for All Daughters Who Dare to Speak Their Truth, Aspire to Greatness, and Want to Change the World. As women, she says, we are all born daughters who will either grow up knowing our value and speaking our truth or end up in the shadows, living up to others' expectations and placing other people's needs before our own. Doesn't that sound familiar? It is Dr. Jen's absolute mission and purpose to change the paradigm of raising daughters from women thinking that they should play small in life to embracing their power and answering their call to greatness. Dr. Jen helps women transform their lives, beginning with radical self-love. Very important, by the way. She challenges you to never settle for mediocrity and to never live by default. Through her journey of overcoming many personal struggles and wrestling dark demons, this doctor and daughter candidly shares how she was able to step into her power and finally find her own voice and light. Additionally, Dr. Jen is a lifestyle and functional medicine physician who has integrated her traditional and unconventional complementary and alternative medical training, taking what intuitively and scientifically makes sense and then package that into a lifestyle methodology 
and program for women that appreciates the complexities of our busy lives as moms, wives, professionals, and daughters. Now, before I go any further, even though this is very female-focused, guys, when you listen to this, this is going not only going to help you personally, but it's also going to help you have better relationships with all the females in your life. So please pay, pay close attention to this. Dr. Jen is also the host of the Raising Health Podcast. That's a very clever name, by the way, and I'm very jealous that she has that name, Raising Health. A show dedicated to moms raising daughters, exploring various women's health topics to help fortify your wellness wheelhouse, from physical health to emotional, spiritual, financial, and sexual health. Making yourself and your health a number one priority serves everyone and is the foundation of self-love. That sentence right there is something that resonates deeply with me, and that's one of the reasons why Dr. Jen and I have connected. And the way we connected is very interesting. Now, Dr. Jen, I know you're waiting to talk, so just hold out for another minute or two because I'm almost ready for you. Here's how Dr. Jen and I met. We only live about half an hour away. And back in the summer of, I think it was 2014, I was renting a beach house out here in the Jacksonville area on what's called the First Coast. And... I, for a couple decades, we've probably lived in this area and we never crossed paths. And one night, my sister and I were at a local restaurant at the beach having dinner. We finished dinner. My sister goes to the bathroom. She ends up meeting friends in the bar area, starts talking to them, left me in the dust for about 20 minutes before she texted me to say she's in the bar talking with friends and some new friends. I walk in there meet our old friends, meet some new friends, and Dr. Jen is one of those new friends. We connected. Uh, we all spoke for a while. And then interestingly, I think the next day or the day after, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Jen, you said, I think I have some of your DVDs. And then not long after that, you texted me a picture of the ultimate leg, butt, hip, and thigh makeover DVDs. And so the story is, uh, Dr. Jen, after she had, I believe, her second child, was looking for something to help with the problem areas that were caused by the pregnancy. And lo and behold, she came across Joey Atlas's popular Ultimate Leg, Butt, Hip, and Thigh Makeover DVDs. Little did we know we would meet, what, 10 years later, Dr. Jen? I think so. <laughs> so it's a cool story. We may have crossed paths in a local supermarket or at the uh, food store or something, or even at the beach, but we never met each other until that night. And it was very cool that she had found my DVDs in this huge world of online uh, access to everything. She found my stuff. And uh, then we get to meet, I don't know, 10 years later. So here we are. That's the double intro, the formal and the casual intro. Dr. Jen, Dr. Jen thank you for making time for this today. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Joey. I have been just smiling the whole time when you were, gave me such a nice introduction and we're talking about how we met and, um, you know, just remembering that. And I think it was that night, actually, that I was like, wait a second, I know Joey Atlas. And I was like, I, I'm going to go home and I'm going to find that DVD because I had moved too. So I wasn't sh quite sure where it was. And, um, but I took a picture of it and sent it to you. I said, see, I told you I had it. That's right. That's right. And you were like, oh, you need the, you know, the new version. Yes. I, Cause actually you're right. I think you may have had the old version. I can't remember 
how we left off there. Um, but I was trying to tell you that I have a new updated professionally shot version of those. And, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Did I give you, you sent it to me? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You sent it to me and, and, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you and with your community. And, you know, I think it was, it was definitely in the, in the universe and the stars that we met. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how are we here right now on this podcast? Well, Dr. Jen and I have been in touch ever since meeting that night. Uh, we've gone through some interesting things together, developed a cool little friendship, and we're doing a lot of similar stuff on the internet and wanting to bring our strong, powerful messages of love and improvement to the world. And so I was a guest on Dr. Jen's podcast a couple weeks ago, and that's actually going to be going live, what, in February or March or something? I think in February. All right, cool. We'll be sure to definitive date. But yes, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll be sharing that with uh, my audience as well. And then uh, we thought it's a natural fit to have Dr. Jen on my podcast with all the questions I have for her and also to share this cool story of how we met and the things that have transpired. So we're going to get right into this because some of the things that Dr. Jen has to share as I've mentioned, they're going to impact you in a powerful way, not just for today or next week, but probably for your lifetime. And so you may want to take some notes if you have uh, paper and pen handy, uh, or you can always come back and listen to this again to get the key points and takeaways. So Dr. Jen, we talk about uh, power, uh, specifically as it applies to women. And I'd like, so one of the things that I try to put out there in various formats, one of them, of course, being the sculpt to fit studio where my female coaching team does a stellar job of coaching all types of women is that besides the actual method and the the training um, and the physical fitness programming, it's the mindset and the emotional and psychological aspects of self-improvement. So can you talk about this aspect of self-power, setting boundaries, self-care, self-love, and how those play into the paradigm of positioning oneself for total self-improvement? Yes. You know, immediately, I think when people hear the word power, for women, it means something a little bit different than what it may mean to men. And so I think that, you know, it really power has been for women is a little bit of a dirty word. You know, we look at um, the definition of power and we think it's very masculine. It's about control. It's about having a lot of money. It's about, you know, enforcing yourself on people. And women typically hesitate to do that. And it's, it's considered unattractive if a woman is very powerful. And, you know, and she gets all these different terms like, you know, the bitch and the, uh, hopefully I can say that. <laughs> but um, anyway, she's, you know, given all these negative terms where, um, you know, she's wondering like, well, that's obviously not what I should be doing. And so, um, you know, 
puts herself in a position where she's more submissive, where she's, um, you know, waiting for everybody else to tell her basically what to do, when to speak up, how to feel, how to act. Um, and then, you know, women are typically the nurturing um, kind. And so we're taking care of everybody else's needs and putting ourselves last. And so we're essentially giving away our power all the time. Whenever we don't say yes to ourselves, and that means, you know, our values and what we think is important and our opinions and, you know, even pointing the blame at someone is giving away your power. So, you know, women are notorious for giving away their power on a daily basis. And so, you know, taking back your power really starts with listening to yourself, taking care of yourself, this whole concept of self-love and self-care. And as a physician, you know, I can give you, you know, your medical plan. I can tell you exactly what you need to be eating, what you need to be eliminating from your diet, what type of exercise routine you might need, what um, your medical diagnosis is and the treatment plan for that. But you're not really ever going to be successful unless you get the mindset piece right. So, you know, you can stick to a diet, you know, for New Year's resolution and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going on this like 60-day diet and I want to lose X number of pounds. And you can be disciplined enough to stick to that and eat your 500 calories a day and um, probably lose some weight. But, you know, at the end of that, if you regain the weight and you don't have the tools to move forward, it usually falls back on this mindset piece. You know, something is going on with your self-limiting beliefs that you feel about yourself or that, you know, you've been conditioned to believe from your parents, from society, from culture that kind of keeps women, I feel like, in this submissive, you know, oppressed state. And so, you know, I mean, we've come a long way, right? It's not, you know, we don't live in the stone ages anymore, but I still feel like, and it's not really about like man versus woman equality. It's really about women just owning their own voice. And this is really where this whole, you know, term power comes into play. I feel like for women. Yeah, this is good stuff. So like, I may be slightly inaccurate here, but when we're talking about this, like I'm envisioning most of the the types of people, especially women, that we both are familiar with, and that's I would say like moms in their 30s and upward, middle-aged women, uh, women in their late 50s, early 60s, where they they've given up their boundaries because it's required in order to put everybody else first because that's what they naturally think they're supposed to be doing, right? So they put themselves, call it second, third, or last. They do that because they give up those boundaries, right? And so that's how the average woman, quote unquote, lets herself go by putting everybody first and her herself last. Uh, you know, we could talk for a really long time on the different aspects of this, you know, the, that internal guilt that uh, sits inside them, if they think about trying to put themselves first, uh, 
making time and space to take care of themselves before taking care of other people on the surface to them, it may not seem right, but when all is said and done, it makes all the sense in the world because if they're not, if they, if they don't have their health and wellness, well then everybody else is not getting the best of that, of their mom. She can't give them her best because she's not at her best. And so, you know, you've dealt with them. You still do. Uh, I deal with them in the private stuff I do and the coaches deal with them at the studio is trying to crack that shell, uh, that these women have and starting to help them shift their own paradigm into realizing that it's them they have to put first. And so, of course, we teach them to do that by setting up boundaries. For example, one boundary is we all have this daily schedule. And so the woman has to find time in her schedule to block out me time, time for her to take care of herself. That is a boundary where when she puts it in there, it's not meant that time slot is not meant to be given to anybody else. Of course, there are emergencies that happen, things come up, but 95% of the time, that time slot that she's devoting to take care of herself becomes hers. And that time slot, therefore, is a boundary. But we know lots of women have trouble setting up that kind of boundary. That's one example. What would you say to someone who is looking to get going or looking to get going again to start taking care of her health and wellness because she knows it's deteriorating and she wants to set up this kind of boundary but has a psychological issue in getting past the notion of putting herself first. What would you say to that? Oh, wow. I mean, there's so much, you know, that I could say on this because I mean, I myself have been on both sides. I've been a stay at home mom for several years and then, you know, working professional and having my own business. And so, you know, we're constantly pulled in all directions. And, you know, with the boundary issue, it's we, we learn this at an early age as women to, you know, that you're, your wants and needs are always coming last. And then especially when you become a mom yourself, you know, it's, it's managing everyone else's schedules. You feel like you're not in control of your time, that whenever anybody else needs something, that's what you do first. And so, you know, if you're not in an exercise program and you really want to get into one, the first thing you have to do is really just learn how to say no to a lot of other things instead of going, oh my gosh, how, how do I fit mm-hmm. this exercise program in? I'm going to have to add more. How am I going to gain more time? And so you really have to kind of look at what your priorities are and your list of all your to-dos and say, okay, do I have to do all these things? Are they really a priority? And if you've decided that your health, which it should be, you know, and your self-care should be a number one priority for you, then, you know, maybe you have to, you have to eliminate some things, you know, from your kid's schedule and say, Hey, you know what, guess what? It's mom's day to work out. It's not your day for me to run around and, and, and do all these things for you. And so, but you don't have to start off with, you know, okay, I'm going to exercise for two, three hours a day, mm-hmm. try to figure out either, you know, if there's a scheduled class time, such as at Sculpt-A-Fit, right? And, um, you know, or take 10, 15 minutes and start incorporating that into your day and say, okay, well, 
I'm sure I waste 10 to 15 minutes, if not hours on social media. Let's, let's take that out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's unnecessary. And that just makes you feel worse about yourself a lot of times. So, you know, take, there, there is time during the day, but it's, it's about eliminating things that really aren't important and realizing that you are important. Right. Uh, it's huge. It's, um, yeah, I mean, what you just said is so important. Um, I'm actually going to expand on the show notes on this because that is simply what some women need to hear in order to find the tangible aspects of what they're trying to do. So, you know, we as lifestylers, we've built our life in this way where the priority is how the schedule unfolds and then everything is built into it on top of that. Again, we all have flexibility. Emergencies come up. Certain things happen. We get sick or somebody else gets sick and we have to make changes. But at the end of the day, the, the underlying program, the underlying schedule is always one based on us putting ourselves first so that we're taking care of our own health and wellness. And then every, everybody else comes after that because we're able to be our best. So one of the yeah, things... So we have to learn how to be a little bit inflexible as right. women. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I have so many women and friends of mine that will come to me and like, you know, gosh, I don't have time to work out and I don't have time to do this. But, you know, it's, it's aggravating to me that my husband always gets his workout in. He always does this. And, you know, he gets all these things done during the day. And I can't seem to, you know, figure out how to do that myself. And so it's like, well, they schedule it in for one. And they don't, they're not derailed by, you know, all the little fires that you have to put out all day. And, and it is a little bit different. I think for women, we tend to multitask more and we, you know, especially if you're a stay at home mom, you can be a little more flexible with your schedule and time. You don't have to report to work nine to five. But once again, it's like, it's setting up those boundaries, being a little bit maniacal about and radical. I love that word radical self-love. I, and, um, but being true to yourself and saying, Hey, this is about me and this is important. It's important to fit this in today. And I'm just going to have to say no to, you know, all these other things that really don't make sense that are dragging me away from who I am. They're making me feel disconnected and frazzled, you know, so we can all identify those things. And especially, you know, with like the new year, we think about like, gosh, you know, what can I, what can I do this year to get more organized and, you know, fit my workout schedule in and do all these different things. Well, you know, getting back to just figuring out like what truly is important to you. Is it your health? You know, or is it, you know, being able to go shopping or uh, get on social media? Right. Uh, I mean, in this day and age, there are so many more distractions that people don't even realize suck the time out of their schedule. Um, and so I believe there's actually more time than people realize where if they were to objectively look at their schedule, how they spend the minutes of their day, even in a quote unquote busy day, you're right. Everybody can find 10, 15, 20 minutes here or there. And if those 10, 20, 15, 30 minutes are used constructively on a consistent basis, 
Well, that's all that's needed if they're used properly to make some really good things happen, both short term and long term. So, yeah, for, for I mean, you know, if you start there too, you build that momentum, right? And, right. and you you get a little more confidence, you get a little more strength and endurance, and then you can build up from there. And it's a lot easier to segue into adding more time, you know, for exercise. And I mean, I have, you know, like I've become really kind of strict about my morning routine mm -hmm. and not getting on my email right away and doing things to set my day up yeah. for success. So it's really identifying, you know, what are the priorities for that day? Then it's, you know, either meditating or journaling or, you know, taking that time for yourself. I try to get my workout in in the morning too, mm -hmm. but that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I tried to schedule that before I get on email and then I'm pulled away mm -hmm. by everybody else's, you know, like demands on me saying, okay, answer this, do that. I need you to call this. I need you to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we just start reacting. And I think that women are, are really bad about that, you know, and like we get to the end of the day and I hear a lot of my friends go, I, I don't even know what I got done today or accomplished. And you know, I can't even finish a sentence. And so I think that um, really this concept of distraction that you were talking about is huge in today's age. It is. And we really need to kind of sit in that stillness more. Right. And I feel like those are great tools to have your morning routine set up, um, really you know, focusing on you and putting that intention out there of like, how is my day going to go? Because when you set up the intention, you have more control over the way that your day goes. And that, you know, gives you this power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, the distractive elements are quite insidious because a lot of people just think it's, it's normal. Like I need to be connected and, and looking and watching and listening because all of my friends are, you know, the family and everybody's posting and I don't want to miss anything. Well, the truth is you're not missing anything. If you take a social media diet every other day or half a day, like condense it down, like everything will still be there when you log in or check stuff. And it's going to give you more mental, emotional, psychological space where you can focus inward instead of focusing outward to see what other people are saying, posting, trying to show you. Um, you know, whatever opinions they're voicing, uh, they're voicing on that given day, it's taking your mental capacity away to focus on you and the things that are most important to you that you should be tending to. So again, it's insidious, but the more we can bring it to light, the more people it's going to help realize it. And dialing back to that morning time where you are your only focus, the number one key there is if, if you're saying you have no time in the morning, the, the first thing to look at is, can I get up 30 minutes earlier? Can I get up an hour earlier? Um, you know, usually the answer is yes. It's a matter of being disciplined enough and having your values tied to your goals uh, in a strong enough way that makes you set the alarm for 6 a.m. or 5.15 a.m. And in that time, when 90% of the rest of the world is still sleeping you get to take care of you and you're done before everybody else starts waking up. I suggest. Right. And I know that you, you know, love your like early morning run mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not like a good early, early morning 
exerciser. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, I, I would say like it, it almost starts the night before too. Yes. Going to bed yeah. early enough, right. So that you can actually get up yes. that 20, 30 minutes, you know, earlier. Yes. And, um, you know, I will, I will at least, you know, lay in my bed and, you know, wake up slowly. And sometimes I listen to a guided meditation if, you know, that means I have my technology right there. And so it's, it's hard to, you know, not be tempted to look at the rest of it too. But, um, you know, if you, if you don't have that, just laying there in your bed, like thinking about how you want your day to go yeah, and what you're thankful for, right? you know, and even if it's like the smallest thing, someday I'll just go, Oh, just, Oh my gosh, I love my bed. It's so comfortable <laughs> and warm. And like, Oh, you know, I wish you know I could lay here all day. Like, I love what you're saying. And it's so true. I mean, I do this naturally now. Most people wake up and they do the opposite. Like, oh, I got to get up. Oh, I got to deal with this today. Most people are just, they've lost perspective. Like, if you can open your eyes and put your feet on the damn ground, you've got the gift of life. Like, you know, you choose your thoughts. So there's always stuff to be grateful for that could point you in the right direction set the tone for the rest of your day, but it's a matter of choosing your thoughts, which you just hit the nail on the head with. It is. And it's so easy to get trapped into that busyness mentality and then, you know, let the negative thoughts take over and, you know, waking up in the morning and you're like, oh, you know, wanting to hit snooze and you have to get up and get your kids to school and they're not out of bed. Yeah. And you have to run in there and wake them up. And it's a, it's like a fire drill, you know, to get everybody ready. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes that's inevitable, but you can have those first two minutes of, okay, it's going to go smoothly today. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the kids to school. Everything's going to be fine. And then, you know, my day is going to unfold like this instead of just jumping out of bed, like in a, in a crazed um, rush, you know, and then, then thinking like, oh, this is just such a pain. This is the grind, you know, and, and a lot of times like I will catch myself doing that. And it's like, gosh, it's kind of frustrating. And we always are hurrying in the morning and getting off to school. And so I'm like, well, how can I actually like take a step back, take a breath, walk away from the situation and just reframe it to where it's like, you know, how can I make this smoother? And, you know, in the morning, I just like to, I just won't say anything. If my kids are like aggravating me, I'll just will like wait. And, um, and then I'll go downstairs and like, Hey, you guys getting ready. And, and when they come downstairs, I just immediately give them a hug. I'm like, can I have a hug? Mm, nice. You know, they don't have to say anything. Right. They can still be sleepy. And they were extremely grumpy going back to school after Christmas break and all of that. And, I was not looking forward to that. And they were, you know, but they, I just said, Hey, I haven't gotten my hug this morning. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, just kind of a good place to start. Sometimes you don't have to say things. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know that all they need is a hug to feel better because they're kids. But when you do it, then they feel it. Yeah. You just immediately connect with them and it, you know, and it helps you too, right? Big time. Big time. Good stuff. All right. We got a few more important things to cover here. So I'm going to go down uh, to the next section I have notes on. You've written about alignment in some of the notes we've shared. Uh, One of the things in there is listening to our body. So my question is, and I know this is going to help whoever is listening, 
what would you say, and I, I could say women here, but this also applies to men too. What would you say about the woman or the man who has been sedentary and we want to get that person to listen to their body uh, in order to take action based on what they're hearing or feeling? What should they be listening for and what initial actions should that sedentary person take after they've listened to their body? What should they be listening for? Well, you know, this is a big topic too, but, um, you know, if you're someone that is just starting out, first of all, you know, you can have great expectations of where you're going to be, but you can't really start out there. I think that, you know, if you're like, I'm going to have to, you know, train seven days a week and I'm going to have to throw myself into some CrossFit class and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm immediately going to be like this powerhouse, you know, that's, that can work out, um, as, as, you know, heavily as like an advanced exerciser. So kind of having the right expectations and gradually getting yourself into it. So, you know, we had talked about like starting out with 10 or 15 minutes just to get your body moving and to get that confidence. Um, but, you know, listening to your body in the sense that obviously if you have injuries, you know, you want to pay attention to those types of things, but you know, you, you're probably going to be sore if you haven't been working out for a while. And so that's a part of listening to your body, but it also is like, you know, if you're feeling some changes, I'm always like, you know, a little bit of pain is not so bad, you know, and just, it means that you're actually growing and strengthening. So having a little bit of soreness afterwards, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing. You don't want to have, you know, joint pain and things like that during the exercise necessarily. You know, you want to listen to your body about that. But really just taking it slowly. Um, but, you know, if, if you've been exercising for a while, I think, um, you know, even like I consider myself an advanced, mm -hmm. um, you know, fitness person. And so, but I really had to stop and take a, you know, a good listen to my own body because I was overtraining. I wasn't giving myself the rest breaks. And then, you know, I developed a little back pain, as you know. And then, um, so several things started happening. So there's this spectrum, right? It's like for the beginner, it's really kind of tuning into your body and saying, hey, I know that, you know, we're probably going to be a little bit sore, taking the time to stretch, gradually getting into it. And then the whole spectrum of to the advanced fitness um, person that, you know, is, is maybe overdoing it and then is prone to injuries. So, it, it, you know, I, the type of exercise that you do is very geared towards your form and paying attention to your alignment. And, you know, it, it really is a physical alignment and, you know, alignment is also um, we could talk about the whole, you know, emotional, spiritual yeah. component of that too, but really kind of this physical alignment is, and it ties into power too. It's, it's developing that innate kind of, um, getting to know your body, I guess. Right. You know, I think through movement, movement has been such a powerful part of my life. Mm -hmm. I've always been involved in sports and that kind of thing. And so, being physical has always been like a, a wonderful part of my life for stress relief, for 
um, you know, competitiveness. I always enjoyed sports and that kind of thing. And it was also a community activity. And, um, you know, so really paying attention to the mechanics of your body, I guess, is, is really, is that what you're alluding to when you are yeah. talking about alignment? Yeah. Well, as far as like a physical yes, there's a, trait. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects to this that we're trying to crunch into a short time. Um, but yes, you've touched on some very important pieces there. So a couple of things I think of is if you're, if the, if you're listening and you're one of those people who fall into the possibly trying to do 10 or 15 minutes worth of gentle exercise to start building that foundation, step one, we would encourage you, if you don't know how to listen to your body, that's cool. I mean, it's, it's okay. Um, we know people who have not been physically active their entire lives. They've been sedentary. So you really don't even know how to listen to your body. That's okay. Totally normal. Go to see your doctor. Say, hey, listen, I want to start taking care of my health. I want to start proper exercise, maybe maybe a casual sport as well. Uh, but I don't know if I'm ready. Can you check me out and kind of give me clearance for exercise and physical fitness activities? Your doctor would love hearing that. So don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Um, share the truth with your doc. And if you don't feel confident in your doctor, uh, in terms of them being able to say you are ready for exercise or first we have to take care of A, B, and C before I do clear you for proper exercise, um, go find another doctor. Uh, there are plenty of progressive doctors who are trying to help people become preventive uh, fitness and health enthusiasts. Uh, so go find one if you don't feel you have one because you know, Lord knows there are plenty of doctors who do not live a lifestyle of health and wellness. So be a little discerning. Don't be afraid to show up and say, I, I need your okay to be physically active and start a fitness program. And then if you're ready and when you're ready and you need something short, easy, and safe to get started with, you can start with my videos, of course, that you find at joeyatlas.com. I'm going to share some links with you to Dr. Dr. Jen's materials where she's got some freebies to give you that you can get started with as well. But I wanted to leave you with that so that you're not wondering, well, I don't even know how to listen to my body. What, do I, what am I listening for? Go to your doc and have them help you listen to your body and, and decide what you need to do as your first steps. All right. So, Dr. Jen, you mentioned your back issues. Uh, I know anybody listening, 90-something percent of people on this earth have back issues at one time or another in their life and to varying degrees. So... In a nutshell, can you give us the quick history of your back issue? And then I want you to touch on the stem cell surgery trial and then the surgery that fixed it. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be succinct here. And um, so I have been an avid athlete and exerciser, you know, for all of my life. Never had any back issues whatsoever. Uh, you know, some neck tension and that kind of thing, but no back issues. Thank goodness. And about five and a half years ago, when I got divorced, funnily enough, right, um, I started having low back pain. And I thought it was like a hamstring issue, but then it progressed and became this low back pain that just was insidious and kept getting worse and worse. And I kept thinking, oh, I just had to do more stretching and 
And um, so, you know, I was working out pretty intensely around the period of my divorce um, because I was, you know, under a lot of stress and strain. And so that was my way of, of getting rid of some of that. But um, so I think, you know, overuse, the stress um, contributed to that. And so it was kind of just, I think, chronic overuse of joints mm -hmm. um, is how it developed. And but of course, I, you know, immediately went to uh, physical therapy and they told me it was one problem. Then I went to see a, a pain specialist who told me it was a different problem. And, you know, so I kind of went down this road of like trying, you know, everything medically, um, traditional medicine, but, you know, I'm functional medicine, which is complementary alternative medicine. So I, I looked at that route too. I did lots of acupuncture and massage therapy and even, you know, some mental therapy um, because I was like, you know, I'm sure this has an emotional component to my back pain arising around the time of my divorce and, and moving and, and, um, you know, becoming a single mom and all of that. So I, you know, I was kind of approaching it from every angle I felt like, and, but it just kept getting worse. And I mean, it would literally talk about in the, uh, the morning routine. My morning routine was absolutely terrible. I would wake up and start crying. Because when I was asleep was the only time I really had some relief from the back pain. And I would wake up and I would cry because I didn't know how I was going to physically get myself out of bed, get my kids to school, go to my office, work all day with a smile on my face when my back was hurting so bad. And so, it, you know, it became very, very difficult and debilitating and depressing and, you know, chronic pain really does a lot of mental mind games on you. And so, um, and, you know, I, I was determined that, you know, I wasn't going to start taking a bunch of narcotics, you know, to get through my day and drive my kids around and try to work. You know, that wasn't an option for me. Right. So, you know, I went through, I don't even know how many, you know, practitioners and different uh, therapies that I tried. And so then, you know, I started looking into stem cell therapy and, um, you know, you know, this whole story, but, um, so stem cell therapy, I thought was a way to help regenerate the spine. And so what had happened is I had at L4, L5, a spondylolisthesis, and it was actually the vertebrae at L4 and L5 were slipping backwards and forwards on each other, kind of rubbing, and it was pinching off the spinal cord. And uh, some people have like herniated disc and that kind of thing, but that wasn't my issue. I had this sliding of the actual vertebrae. And so when you pinch off the spinal cord, it was causing all this pain, which actually caused an alignment issue on my, my pelvis. My entire pelvis was kind of rotated and I developed a scoliosis from it. And, you know, and everybody tried to tell me I had scoliosis, therefore I developed back pain. And I was like, no, I never had scoliosis before. I had the back pain that from the degeneration of the nerves caused the scoliosis. So, you know, this is this whole physical aspect of alignment too. I was physically out of alignment. And, um, so, you know, when I looked into the stem cell treatment, I thought that this was a possible avenue of avoiding surgery and something that might help me. And, you know, stem cell therapy is relatively new. 
uh, technology. And so, you know, there's a lot of invariability um, in kind of the harvesting of the stem cells and the protocols and all of that. And so I think that's still getting worked out. A lot of it's because stem cells here in the United States um, are regulated uh, very highly. And so there's not a lot of standardization yet. And um, so I found um, a clinic where I decided to have the stem cell treatment done for my back. And basically what they did was they harvested the stem cells from my fat adipose tissue. So on my flanks, on my buttocks and outer hips and that kind of uh, those areas. And so then they take out the stem cells from there, prepare them and then inject them back in. And so where they injected them was like multiple points, kind of like pressure points. So tender points along my spine, along my, in my hips and along my outer thighs. I think that they injected 22 different sites. And so, you know, you were such a great help and support to me through that time and, and were there with me. So you know, like how bandaged up and bruised I was from the whole thing. And I still have have pictures from that time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was like that. It was, it was crazy. I, I couldn't sit down for about a week because um, they, you know, basically did like a liposuction to harvest the stem cells and I couldn't even sit down. Mm-hmm. And um, so, it, you know, I was really hoping for a miraculous recovery. And most of the stem cell treatments are being used on joints other than the spine and are having, you know, a lot of luck. So, but the spine is still a newer area. And um, so it causes inflammation at first. And so actually the pain is supposed to get worse. And then it's supposed to get better. Well, I had that. I definitely had that period of getting a lot worse for the first month after the stem cell treatment, and then I really didn't have any relief from the pain. So, unfortunately for me, the stem cell treatment um, did not work out, and um, so that was very disappointing. And I was kind of at the end of my rope. I was like, I don't. I really don't know what to try next, but I can't live this way. You know, I was forty-five years old and trying to live an active lifestyle and raise two daughters as a single mom. And, you know, and I was like, I I just really don't know what to do at this point. And so then, you know, of course, I I went to go talk to a surgeon. I was like, I felt like this was my only avenue. And so, you know, I think that for everybody listening, it's, you know, low back pain is really kind of a tricky thing to sort out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you try to do conservative therapy as long as you can. And, you know, a lot of people have relief from, you know, one of the things that I tried that I just didn't get that relief from. And I think mine was really a mechanical issue as far as the slippage of the, of the vertebrae. And, um, so there's, it was just no, I mean, I was not going to go down the road of just pain management type thing because I really had this, you know, misalignment problem. My, I couldn't even stand straight. My hips were turned to the side. So I opted for surgery and I went into that surgery talking to myself every single day, just getting, you know, clear inside my head. I walked myself through the whole surgery, the whole procedure. And I said, you know what? here's how it's going to go. It's, you know, it's going to fix the problem. It's going to be a smooth recovery. I'm going to, you know, have total recovery from this, go back to everything that I was doing. I 
would meditate on it. I would journal on it. I would, you know, the morning of the surgery, I went out for a bike ride and um, said, okay, you know, this is, this is going to be it. This is going to fix me and I'm going to move on. And so, you know, that's, thank goodness, that's the way it did go. Um, the surgery fixed me and here we are almost three years later and I have not had any back pain since. So thank goodness I'm a success story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I've had to alter my exercise routine. Sure, sure. Obviously from that, you know, it was the recovery phase and everything, but I'm not doing the intensity and the types of exercise, you know, that I was doing. And so that's really listening to your body too. Absolutely. You know, is this saying, hey, you know, maybe what you were doing was not the right thing for your body. Maybe it was too much for your body. Maybe there was an emotional component. You know, so there's there's so many factors. And I think that until we kind of weed out all the distractions and the busyness, sometimes we don't listen to what our body is and our intuition our inner voice is really telling us. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched you go through a significant part of your battles with the back stuff and it was, it was tough to watch you struggle every day like that. Um, knowing all of your responsibilities, uh, on any given day and, um, me having gone through my own severe back issues about seven years ago, totally empathized with what you were going through. And I mean, I could feel your pain. So, um, knowing that surgery was the last resort, you went for it. Uh, it worked obviously. I mean, it's when I, when I have seen you recently, it's awesome to see that you have that freedom of movement, freedom from pain and freedom to do what you're here to do. So what was the, what was this exact surgery called or what was the exact procedure? I had a, it's called a spinal fusion at L4, L5. And so, you know, they basically put, uh, they took out the disc in the middle and replaced it with bone graft material and then have, you know, two screws on each side with plates connecting them. Awesome. I know that's super, super valuable information right there that we just shared. That's going to help anybody listening right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm happy to answer questions about that too. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll give people uh, the info where they can get in touch with you as we wrap things up here in a few minutes. So here's a question for you in, in, uh, in line with your awesome podcast, uh, title raising health. Again, I'm very (laughs) jealous of that. I know. Um, how are you, Dr. Jen raising health with your two girls? Well, my girls are 11 and 14 now, which is, wow, that's a challenging age. I was like, you know, I tell my daughters all the time, like, I've never been the mom to an 11 and 14 year old. So bear with me. Uh No one gave me the playbook on that one. And, um, but really, I try to lead by example. And I think that's one of the big messages of my podcast, too, is moms setting the example for not only their daughters, their sons too, but to, you know, show them if you're just preaching at them and saying, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And you're not doing that yourself. Then you're sending a bigger message. So how I try to, you know, just be the example to my daughters is first of all, eating right. I think your nutrition is absolutely number one and, you know, feeding and fueling your body 
with healthy nutrition that supports you. And, and, you know, kids are inundated with sugar and, you know, all sorts of bad foods. And, but if we can provide that environment at home, that's healthy and nourishing and and making meals for them, and we're actually eating all those foods too, then that's the way that we can, you know, raise health in our daughters. Plus then exercising, you know, that's a big part of my life still. And both my 11 and 14 year old who are non-athletic, which drives me insane, (laughs) but they have both started fitness routines and uh, you know it wasn't something that I could say like you know I whenever I do say something they're kind of like (laughs) there she goes you know but if I just kind of show them all of a sudden it's like now they are doing their own fitness routine and so I think that that's you know a, a awesome way is to, you know, your kids are are little sponges. They're watching and they're absorbing everything that you do and say. And then, you know, and then the mindset, how do you talk to yourself? You know, this is about the whole self-love. It's like, are you saying, oh, around your kids, like, I need to lose weight. Oh my gosh, I'm so fat. Oh, I look so ugly today. You know, nothing, you know, fits. I, you know, and um, so really watching your words too, that you're, you're speaking, you know, not only to yourself, but out loud that your kids can hear and, you know, how you're speaking about your relationships with other people and just, and really just developing an awareness of that and choosing your words carefully. Right. Awesome. Powerful material. So um, we're coming up on the hour and man, we covered a lot there. I, I I sense we're probably going to be doing at least one more of these to go deeper into some of these areas in the future. So before we wrap up, uh, number one, I want to thank you for making the time for this and sharing everything that you've shared. Number two, I want to ask you where anybody listening can go to learn more about you, where you would like them to find you and where they can connect with you. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you as always. And um, so the first place people can go and it has, you know, everything there, including podcast information, social media um, links and all of that is my website. So it's drjencronin.com. So drjencronin.com. And so you can find everything there. And then um, I think in the show notes for you too, we'll have the social media links on there. And you can also join my private Facebook community. And this is solely for women only. And it's actually called Raising Health. And it's on Facebook and I'll provide the link for that too. And it's um, the page is actually called Raising Health Official because there's a Raising Health page for the podcast information too on Facebook. So that is where you can find me. Okay, cool. So I'll make sure we get all these links in the show notes for this episode, and uh, I will share those on the site. So they'll always be there under this episode. Um, And anybody who's interested in going deeper with Dr. Jen, she does one-on-one work. Uh, Doesn't matter where you live. Uh, She does group workshops at times. Uh, You can hire her to speak. Uh, if you have a local event or if you have an event far away and you have a big check, you can write to Dr. Jen, you can get her out there. Uh, (laughs) and she does other little things throughout the year and she's got some new stuff in the works. So, um, 
at minimum, do check her out at drjencronin.com. Again, these will be in the show notes under this episode. And uh, this is this has been good. Uh, Dr. Jen, thank you very, very much for doing this. Um, what I will do is, anybody listening, um, I will also link to the episode that Dr. Jen interviewed me on for Raising Health. So you'll be able to get both of those and then uh, toggle back and forth and, and share them with other people. Uh, anybody listening, if you didn't hear the beginning or if you were running around as you were getting this set up to tune in, do not forget, especially if you're new here, to go to joeyatlas.com where you can get your free Fit for Life program. That's two weeks worth of videos that you could keep doing indefinitely that will give you a complete foundational fitness program that you can do at home, at the office, or when traveling. And if you want to add on top of that, you've got lots of other options to add on top of that foundation but it's free and there are no excuses for you not to get started if you're uncertain if you're a pure beginner and you've been sedentary do get clearance from your doctor feel free to show the videos to your doctor so they see exactly what it is you're going to be thinking about doing and uh that's it we're done dr jen thank yes. you all right well thank we'll do you this again soon, thank you so much all right it's been a real thank you, honor. And thank you for tuning in.